save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefenside.threadless.com. And uh, visit my Twitter handle, BrianCatNFL, as well as Paul's Fanatic, P-H-I-N-A-T-I-C, underscore P-I-C-K, on Twitter too. So let's take a look here, Paul. You know, we've gone through the NFL draft. We've, the Dolphins have made six draft picks. So not a huge NFL draft class for the Dolphins compared to previous years. But I got to tell you, a very impressive undrafted free agent hall. We're going to go through a couple of these guys here. They've overall, to as of my last tally, had 16 of them. And to show what an impressive haul is, at least from my point of view, every year I come up with a list on draft day of about 350 draftable players I have on one sheet. And usually 250 to 255 are drafted. And then with the remaining 95 to 100 left on that list, I try to track where they're going to go. Well, last year, on that remaining 100 players or so, the Dolphins only had one undrafted free agent, and that was Mike McCray out of Michigan, a linebacker. And that guy ended up actually retiring before camp even started. So this year, they had quite an impressive haul, and we're going to get to a few of those guys. Paul, uh, did, did you come away with that same reaction? I did, and, and the more tape I watched, I know this is something that I mentioned to you prior to it. There were a couple of guys on, on here as well that – it was kind of funny. If you're paying half attention to the highlights when you're watching it, there's a few defensive players on here that you would think it was offensive highlights. They found the damn end zone so much and broke so many tackles. So, I mean, it's really on the defensive side of the ball as much as I do like some of the offensive players that Miami seemed to knock it out of the park, which is good because, you know, they, they definitely need a lot of help on that side of the ball as we move forward here. Yeah, so let's start at the top here. I mean, Two players stick out immediately, and the first one is Colorado State wide receiver Preston Williams, 6'4", 211 pounds. This was a five-star recruit out of high school. Pro Football Focus ranked him actually the seventh best undrafted free agent, and for good reason. I mean, to review his history here, he actually went to Tennessee in 2015, 2016, caught 16 passes, uh, 200 and something yards, got into some trouble and transferred to Colorado State in his final year. Ended up with 96 catches, over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. He's a very big receiver, 
and separates actually pretty well and makes some contested catches too. So he can really go up and get the ball there uh, as that big physical receiver. And in a receiving unit like the Dolphins with Jakeem Grant, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, that size could mean a lot there. So Preston Williams didn't work out all that well, ran a 4.55, 40-time, 31-and-a-half-inch vertical. But, man, he looks every bit like the NFL wide receiver. He does. I mean, it's I've got him as a max effort player. He's not the fastest guy, but he he breaks a few tackles after he makes makes the catch, and he adjusts really well to the ball. If you go back and you look at his touchdown grab against Boise State, he made a beautiful uh, beautiful over the shoulder catch as he almost fell over backwards to to make the catch because he had to adjust so much to the ball. Uh, there's a lot of times you see him go up and catch the ball in traffic. And you see him after he catches the ball, while he's not the fastest, break tackles and manage to get away. And despite the fact that he's not the fastest, he still manages to get separation, including over the top. So, I mean, there, there is a lot to like with him. And given Miami's penchant for little pesky receivers, he, he could be a guy that, that really could find a role, especially if Devontae Parker is showing the effort level that we've seen in the past. I do see him ending up battling Ricardo Lewis and Isaiah Ford for that final wide receiver spot. Big thing with him is he's probably not going to play special teams, so he's really going to have to show that potential in order to in, in order to earn that roster spot. Next player that really jumps out is actually somebody back in February we talked about on the show after the Senior Bowl. He was really gaining some steam. That's linebacker uh, Terrell Hanks from New Mexico State, 6'2", 240, and the big thing with him is right around senior bowl time, if you just if you just look up on Twitter, Terrell Hanks, Darius Leonard, you're gonna see everybody in February and January comparing this guy to be the next Darius Leonard of the twenty nineteen draft class. Then he goes to the combine, he runs a four nine eight, pulls a hammy while doing it, doesn't run at his pro day because he pulled that hammy. And he's really never heard from again. Nobody makes that comparison. But still, this is a player I expected to go in the fourth or fifth round. But because he had that glaring 40 time, he fought, fell all the way down the board. So, you know, it's if he if this guy had run a 4-6 flat, I think we'd be talking about him as a third-round pick. I'm going to be honest with you here. I mean, for one, he does play faster than, than his 40 time. But one thing for me that stands out with him is something that I kind of feel with a lot of linebackers it's that 40 speed really shows itself. If you're asking your, your linebackers to cover way the hell downfield or to play special teams. So he may not be the biggest special teams player uh, in like punt coverage, but he plays smart. He plays violently. He's good in coverage. I mean, you're not going to be asking him to cover 40 yards downfield, which is fine. And, and so his play speed is adjusted well based on his reads and instincts. So I'll, I'll take a guy that maybe runs a four. He probably runs about a four eight if he doesn't blow his hammy. That can get to the play by reading the ball over a fast guy that's going to run way the hell out into the wrong area of space and have to come back because that forty time closes real quick. And when you watch Terrell Hanks, he's a violent hitter who wraps up. He, he's got good hands and makes good plays and good reads on the ball. I, I'm totally down with him and think he could earn a roster spot. Yeah, I think he could too. I mean, and I do care about the 40 time and that range is even covering down the field, but I think he might even play faster than that. I mean, you know, yeah. he's, he's got the instincts. I don't think he plays quite as big as 240 pounds, 
But yeah, I mean, this is somebody who definitely showed range and instincts throughout his tenure there at New Mexico State. So, yeah, I, I think he's got a good chance as well. Staying on the linebackers, Trey Watson from Maryland is an interesting guy because if you look at the feedback on east on the East-West Shrine game, you'll see Trey Watson's name all over the place. He's really an in-the-box safe – or he's an in-the-box linebacker, so not a lot of sideline-to-sideline side range but packs a pop. And in this New England defense, even though we talk about range with linebackers all the time, he there is room for the in this defense if they're going to copy that New England defense from last year for that kind of in-the-box linebacker. I mean, they drafted Juwan Bentley out of Purdue last year, who I think ran over a five uh, in the 40. They drafted Brandon Spikes a couple of years ago. So there is room for Trey Watson here to possibly earn a roster spot too. There is, and it's funny. Like he's he's another one I wouldn't ask to cover down the field, but he reads screenplays beautifully. And on top of that, one of the things I have in my notes on him is don't run hook routes on him. If if you're game planning against him, you do not run hook routes on him. He does a great job of just dropping back, sitting where the wide receiver is going to be, and taking the ball away. Uh, the biggest thing with him is he's a read and go receiver. Once he makes his decision. He goes, or read and go linebacker. So if you can throw a really good fake, he is going to eat it up all day if if he makes that read. But outside of that, I mean, his instincts are great. Um, his reads are great. And, and really, he makes a decision and makes offenses pay. So, again, he's another one that could be right in that mix. Yeah, and the interesting thing with Trey Watson, even though he is that in-the-box linebacker, with good instincts. He had five interceptions last year as a linebacker for Maryland. I don't think there's a linebacker in this class that had that many. I'm not sure if there are many defensive backs that did. It's kind of an anomaly because he is that in-the-box guy, but, you know, still ran a four seven eight. I mean, very productive. He transferred over from Illinois, but still another guy, very good chance to make the roster, and I'm surprised he didn't get drafted too. Another guy that uh, Pro Football Focus was very high on, Mississippi State guard Deion, Deion Shaq Calhoun, 6'2", 310, not the greatest athlete, but PFF ranked him as the fourth best offensive guard in pass protection this past year with 13 pressures and 337 dropbacks. And again, PFF, we reference on the show when it's glaring, and this is very glaring. Uh, Zerline from NFL.com said he's averaging a phone booth, but he's going to surprise teams with his body control and ability to make plays in space. Not a lot of depth on that interior guard position there, Paul. So another guy with a chance to make the roster. Yeah, he's going to get every chance to to really prove himself here. I mean, he is a little bit of a mauler. Uh, you, you know me, you know I tend to like uh, mauling linemen. So if he can come out and, and really show something, I mean, we've talked at length about the fact that Miami's one injury away from from calling Best Buy and seeing who the biggest guy is in the TV department to come play line. So he will have his opportunities to make this roster. And and if he can be as good as he at, at pass protection as he was in college, he can make he could have a shot here because they need to keep Rosen clean. Last year it was the Walmart line, and now it's this week it's the Best Buy line. So we're just pulling people out of the retail industry to to continue to go down the line there. So, <laughs> uh, 
so and and if if it sounds like we're it's if you're listening to this show and it sounds like man you're really piping up these undrafted free agents they weren't even good enough to get drafted i mean just look at the last couple of years i mean you'll see four to six undrafted free agents make the Dolphins roster. And that's pretty common across the league too. I mean, you'll see each year, every NFL roster have three, four, five, six players that are undrafted free agents. This will be no different. In fact, we may see more in years past because the Dolphins roster is thinner and they've got a better undrafted free agent class. So moving along, the fifth guy that I have here, one I did expect to get drafted to is Nick Needham, the cornerback from UTEP. I mean, he's a little bit choppy in his movement as a cornerback, but does have some very good tape as well. Very good stats too. Again, uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him as a uh, as a early sixth round pick. He allowed just 195 yards on a, on 51 targets and was 15th in defensive stops and had 33 passes defended in his career. And as far as speed goes. At, his, at UTEP's pro day, runs a four three thirty. So this is somebody a cornerback at or safety can challenge for a spot too. And another guy is Montre Hardigie or Hardegg. I'm not quite sure how to say his last name out of Northwestern. Not great workout numbers four six eight forty nine bench press reps, but was a very productive player at Northwestern. Going back to PFF, they ranked him as a top twenty player. Our, to, our top 20 cornerback in back-to-back years. So it's not as easy to make the team, Paul, as a cornerback for the Miami Dolphins as it is at linebacker or guard, but two players that do still have a shot. They do, and, and you know, to be that fifth or sixth corner should be a very easy job for some of these guys if they can prove themselves because while Miami has a good top end, the depth's a little bit shaky out there for, for, for this team. And you watch Nick Needham, he feels like he's a guy that can get his hand on almost any ball thrown his way, whether he picks it off or not. He does shield well with his body, and he can be a violent hitter in the run game. I mean, he could absolutely develop into a stud. Uh, and you mentioned Montre Hartrodge, and it's funny, or Hartigy or whatever you want to say that. Uh, not not, not going to work here. Yeah, Exactly. I loved his tape, but the one thing that I would say about him that made me love his tape even more was if you were to make him take – I I actually wrote on here, he's a better T.J. McDonald than T.J. McDonald is. Because okay. if you were to take him, slide him into that, that T.J. McDonald role, he's got a lot better coverage skills than McDonald does. And it makes up a little bit for that kind of slow 40 time. He's not going to be covering guys down the field over the top if he's at corner, but he could be that guy that provides help over the top. And if Miami's looking at a three safety look, I got news for you. You look at this draft class and the undrafted class, there could be a scenario where if you were to move Montre Hardigy to one of the in-the-box safety roles, keep Minka Fitzpatrick over the top, and then you take Rob Roll, the the free safety they drafted, the or grab as an undrafted, the only safety they've taken all off season this year, who has a great chance of making the team just based on that, and and have them be those three safeties up top with Xavier Howard on one side, and you know maybe even Tyler Horton coming in and being that guy on the other side, or Nick Needham. 
those are guys that I, I see looking at this draft class that could develop into something special over time. I mean, Rob Roll has great reads and, and he, he just seems to steal the ball at all times, as does Tyler Horton. And those are the two guys in particular when I watch the tape that every time I turn around, it felt like they were running a ball back, whether it was picking up a fumble and running with it, whether it was picking the ball off and running with it. And they were staying right in everybody's hip pockets. Um, the only thing I'd say about Horton is he is a little bit small. Uh, but you know what? We've seen small corners succeed before. He's a little feast or famine, a little bit of that Terrell Buckley type that, that I've talked about at times in the past with a few guys. But really, this is a great steal in the secondary that Miami got in this, this undrafted class here. Yeah, a, a lot of them uh, jump off the page here. And interesting what you said about about Montre Hardy. How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, Hardigy. I'm going with Hardigy. I, I don't know. Hardigy. I'm sure. Hardigy. I'm sure our Thank listeners you. will 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 let us know in in the comments here. So next time we come back on, I, I will let you know exactly what they had to say about that. But yeah, but so Gasicki last year was the one I, I just could not for the life of me pronounce. So, but he's he's somebody too, like you said, that you could move into that free safety position because he does have very good ball skills. He just doesn't have the speed. He runs a four, six, eight, but if you've got the ball skills, you got the vertical leap. He, he's somebody that certainly does have a chance. Um, I'll reserve judgment on the other two guys there. I've, I've got to look at a little bit more of them, but yeah, this, there, there are a lot of opportunities. I mean, I only see about 35 players on the dolphins right now who you could point at and say, these guys are locks to make the roster. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity um, cleaning up the rest of this list here, Trenton Irwin from Stanford. He was second in catches, second in yards for Stanford this past year, just behind J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who was the second-round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. So he didn't work out because he had a grade three ACL tear toward the end of the year. But it was they're confident MCL. that he's going to be able to play here during training camp. So he's somebody who's a very good route runner, like most people that come out of Stanford. So he may have an opportunity to challenge for that fifth wide receiver spot. More than likely, he's going to be facing an uphill battle, though. Two other players, uh, long snapper Wes Farnsworth from Nevada. Fun fact, the Dolphins drafted a long snapper in 1998, Nate Strickwerda out of the University of Nevada. So another long snapper from Nevada. You've got to think at one point John Denny has got – he's 40 now. He's got to be taken off sometime soon, and this is one of the best long snappers in college football here, so he does have a chance. Stone Wilson out of Florida International, 44-yard average per punt. And i got to tell you, too, Paul, I am done with Matt Hawk if he's going to kick like he did last year. I mean, 25th – in the NFL in, in average, 28th in net. He had two MVP caliber games against the Jets, but the the rest of the season, I've, I don't think I've seen a Dolphins punter ever shank so many punts. Yeah, if Hawk can get his consistency down, even if he doesn't have those MVP caliber games, I, if he can settle in at 75% of that and just be consistent, I'm down for that all day. But But if Stone Wilson can beat him out, I mean – Miami has a history of great punters, and most of them have been reliable. So I'm, I am all for getting that reliability back. I mean, that that is something that can truly lose you games. Um, 
I do want to go back to uh, the wide receiver out of Stanford there because it was intriguing to me when I watched his tape that he reminded me of kind of a, I won't say completely up to their skill levels, but he reminded me a little bit of a cross between Ronde Gadsden and Brian Hartline watching him play. I mean, he's just that pesky guy that's a little faster than you expect, who seems to make every single catch. He may not find the end zone a hell of a lot, but he's reliable. He's going to get you your third down conversions. And if Chad O'Shea wants somebody that's in that mold of those Patriot wide receivers to, to, to throw out there, that's going to just get you those reliable catches and yards, what, everything that we expected Amendola to be, or a lot of people expected Amendola to be, I, I know you and I weren't completely sold, so I'll be fair there. Um, he might be somebody that could sneak into a role on this team. Yeah, you bet. And you talk about Brian Hartline. Even though Hartline may have had better deep speed than a Trenton Irwin, he's the same size. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, and he can find those spots in the zone. You know, so he's got a shot. He, the big thing is with uh, comparing him to and, – and you're not comparing him to these types of players, but if he – he is he is the type of player too that in camp he is always one drop pass away from being off the roster. So but being a Walmart sticker greeter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Put him on the coke bus and he's he's done if he drops one pass. Yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, cleaning up the rest of the list here too. One guy that we didn't mention, Jonathan Ledbetter from Georgia. If you're looking for statistics, you're looking for workout numbers. He is not your guy. Ran a five one four twenty two bench reps. But coming out of high school, he's one of the top 10 defensive tackles ranked nationally. You know, one sack, six and a half tackles for loss, 56 tackles last year for a very good Georgia program. And so not great stats. But if the Dolphins are looking for that, just do your job, stay at home, 3-4 defensive end type, then I think Ledbetter might be somebody, again, who could challenge for a roster spot here. No, he completely is. I mean, he's got great hands, and hell, I'd struggle to get that many bench reps when, if I had almost 35-inch arms, you know. It, it's, and he uses them well. He, he does a good job of reading the play and then shedding the man in front of him to get there. I mean, he's not going to be a world beater, but he doesn't have to be. Uh, he's got a little bit of versatility as far as the way that he can play along that line. He can hold down against the run, and let's face it, you know, after Charles Harris, the times that they slide into a 4-3, um, yeah, this roster is pretty thin out there. So, I mean, he's got better better than average chance of making this roster just based on that alone. And if you look at the, the other defensive end that they grabbed as an undrafted, Dwayne Hendricks, he's more of an edge guy. He's got He's got all the tools to be a pass rusher. He may need to develop on the practice squad, but he may be a guy that because he has the tools to be a pass rusher, they may stash on the active roster just based on the numbers game at defensive end and at that edge position. Yeah, he's got a little bit of an uphill battle there with guys like Trent, or Tank Carradine, Tyrone, Tyrone Holmes, J. Ron Elliott, who the Dolphins really got for cheap that are edge guys that are familiar with 4-3 and 3-4. But, yeah, I mean, we, we see these players undrafted from years past like Derek Shelby, like Cameron Malveaux, that have not only made the roster but actually gotten meaningful snaps late in the season. So the last couple players from Boston College, Aaron Montero, you know, kind of a typical 
what you what you see is what you get. Boston College offensive tackle, not a great athlete, runs a five three forty, nineteen bench reps. But uh, Tony Pauline was pretty high on him. At least uh, thought he was possibly a draftable kid. Said in scouting circles prior to his senior season, despite being only in only two years start at Boston College, he's now getting consideration as a priority free agent. So he is somebody that was you know potential late round or earlier this year and had a pretty good year there too at Boston College. And the final guy is Ryan Anderson from Wake Forest, a center. He's 6'6", 305, so does have the size. Doesn't have a lot of great strength. And my understanding, based on what I read on journalnow.com from Wake Forest's pro day, is Pat Flaherty was down there, spent a lot of time with he and more so Phil Haynes, who was drafted in the fourth round this year, but started to uh, coach Ryan Anderson a lot more throughout those workouts too. So, at the center position, we've seen you don't need to be the biggest. You don't need to be the strongest. You just need to be one of those guys who just does their job. So, Paul, we've run through about 16 undrafted free agents here. The Dolphins may add a few more along the way. I don't know if a lot of podcasts out there can say that. So, uh, you know, we've kind of run the gauntlet here. You know, just just take a shot here. Uh, out of this list of 16, how many, if you had to pick a number, how many do you think will actually make the Dolphins' final 53-man roster? I'm going to go with five. And this is probably the last year you're going to hear me say that because Chris Greer is doing something that, God, I've wanted the Dolphins to do for ages. He's manipulating the system to gain draft picks. I mean, you look at next year, it's going to be very hard for an undrafted to make, make, to make the roster next year because they've got somewhere between 12 and 15 draft picks as it stands right now. And I fully expect them to accumulate more next year and the year after that. Yeah. They, finally, we have a general manager and we'll get into this more in our, our NFL draft show. And we've talked about it in our previous one, who is prioritizing value. And he's not only just doing it uh, in, during the draft or in, free agency or sitting out free agency, but he's doing it in the undrafted free agent class too. I mean, it seemed, just seemed like last year, Mike Tannenbaum fell asleep at the wheel with a cheeseburger on his stomach. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, it was not a good undrafted free agent class. There were barely any names that I recognized. I mean, Jalen Davis came on late in the season, but not much else to speak of. I think it's going to be a different story here with this group. So that's going to break, do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins undrafted free agent class. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com, and also check out our other shows where we break down the Dolphins 2019 NFL draft picks one by one. And if it's not on the right side and not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, D, take us out. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side. or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Catton.